welcome to the very first episode of Half Bloods and Happy Meals. Uh, I cannot express how excited I am that this is finally happening. I mean, I already have one podcast currently. I'm trying to keep it running, but it has been a dream of mine to start a podcast about the Percy Jackson series, and I'm finally doing it. And uh, this is going to be an exclusive PJO podcast. I'm not going to talk about anything else just PJO and I'm so excited Uh, these books I think these books have been with me since I was a child and um, I just I just recently like three four years ago I just reread them and I've I've been hooked with everything that Rick has brought out to the world and to us and uh, I'm so excited to share my thoughts through this medium the medium of this podcast so uh, without any further ado let's get into it so this this will probably be a weekly show but i can't guarantee that because uh, i'm in college and i'm really busy but i really just wanted to start this and see where it goes Um, so the schedule will mostly be weekly maybe not i'll keep you informed with everything and how the show will work Um, and mostly i'm gonna start I'm going to do two chapters each episode. So this episode, I'm going to start The Lightning Thief, uh, chapter one and chapter two. And uh, yeah, and I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler free as possible because I want everyone to uh, witness. If you're starting for the first time and are reading the books, then I want you to be involved too. And if you just came from... Uh, reading the books you just finished them or you've been reading them for a long time you can listen to the podcast right everyone can so yeah i want to keep it as spoiler free as possible and if i slip up once or twice then it's my fault because i've never done this spoiler free uh, let's begin with the lightning thief let's get into chapter one i accidentally vaporized my maths teacher so the first chapter Okay, yeah, you can. You probably might hear some page rustling because I have the book with me right now. So let's let's begin with the first line. Look, I didn't want to be a half blood. The first line, the first freaking line, and my mind is already blown. Like when I when the first time I picked this book up, I was like, "What is happening? What is a half blood? Why are we starting like this? Like, there's there's no introduction. It's like." I don't want to be a half-blood. It's like, oh my god, okay, we're getting right into the thick of it. And then the next one is like, if you're reading and you recognize yourself in these pages, then put the book down. It's like, oh my god, really? This is how we're starting this. So, uh, this is already insane. Like, uh, Percy is already uh, just giving us everything that we desire and we need right now. And then he goes on to he goes on saying being a half blood is dangerous. It's scary. Most of the time, it gets you killed in painful, nasty ways. And yeah, we're already talking about killing and dying. I love this book already. <laughs> and if you're a normal kid reading this because you think it's fiction, great, read on. He envies you. And that's just the first paragraph. And it's already a work of art. <laughs> it. It's, uh, this book is like, it seems to draw you in and pull you away 
at the same time. It's not introducing you to the book in a way that you think it might, right? It's, uh, it's subverting your expectations, I guess, in that way. And uh, it seems to push you away, but not in a way that you'll keep the book down, in a way that you want to read it even more. Like Percy says here, don't, don't read this book. It's like, no, now I'm going to read it. Why'd you say that? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of pushing away and pulling you in more at the same time. As a reader, you want, you want to keep reading. So that's the page turner aspect of this book. And I really like that. That's the best aspect of this book for me. Okay, so we get introduced to the character. The main character, Percy Jackson, if you didn't know, he's 12 years old and he goes to Yancey Academy. And uh, I, I really like Percy's uh, character in these first two chapters. Uh, he feels like a kid. You know, like he does kid things. Um, he he makes he makes kid jokes. Uh, Percy Jackson has a lot of kid humor, right? And that that's crazy coming from Rick, who's like a middle-aged man, uh, and he writes he writes a kid's perspective so well, and uh, he just starts off with how a twelve-year-old would speak, and I think. Uh, most people when they read this book they forget Percy's 12 but these instances they remind you of that right uh, yeah and Percy describes his field trips and uh, right at the start you you get that he's a troubled kid you don't know what's wrong with him like you don't know uh, what problems he has or what he is who he is even he just tells you his name and like uh, what's troubling him at this moment right and uh, he, he really seems to hate Yancey, and I can't blame him. I mean, if, if you're with a person like Nancy Boba Fett, I think that's who, that's who he describes. Yeah, Nancy Boba Fett. I mean, it sounds like a bully's name, right? <laughs> it's, it, the name is, it sounds like a bully's name. She's eating a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich. She's a bully, yeah. It, peanut butter and ketchup. How does that go together exactly? Nightmare fuel, anyone? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I, I, I can't get past that. Who eats a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich? Does, does anyone listening to this eat a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich? Because I guess you need to get checked up. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I mean, it's your, it's your choice, but a little weird don't you think <laughs> and uh, yeah I, I jumped ahead sorry Nancy Robert comes later first we get introduced to Mr. Bronner he's uh, Percy's Latin teacher and he's a middle-aged man in a motorized wheelchair he had he has thinning hair scruffy beard and a frayed tweed jacket which always smelled like coffee insane do you know how good coffee smells and I, I think most people like the smell of coffee but some don't but Coffee smells really good, you know, like freshly brewed coffee. And uh, I can just imagine that smell, you know, the, uh, Rick uh, lets you imagine the smell of, of this person. And uh, I think that's, that's um, like, that's really important when you want to develop a character. Uh, 
read uh, not only physical characteristics but something that your readers can connect to like a scent of a rose like if you want to describe a person maybe you give them a scent right you give them a scent some physical characteristics uh, like the thinning hair and uh, he's in a motorized wheelchair so he doesn't even need to say he's paralyzed he can just tell you that small fact that he's in a motorized wheelchair and you understand that that's how you develop a character uh, I mean that's how you introduce a character and then the developing can go on from there um, yeah so that that's really good that's really good uh, yeah and Percy describes that bad things happen to him on field trips I mean I haven't been on many field trips and mostly I keep to myself I'm an introverted person so bad things don't happen to me so let's see what happens to Percy a revolutionary war cannon he wasn't aiming for the school bus but of course he got expelled anyway okay that's that's a big accident I mean why was Percy aiming why was Percy aiming at anything first of all uh, who aims a cannon at a school bus was is Percy okay <laughs> do we need to check up on him uh, and uh, the aquarium the marine world shark pool sorry they uh, he hit the wrong lever and our class took an, an unplanned swim damn okay sharks swimming with sharks that's that's a new one <laughs> but this trip he was determined to be good and he put up with nancy boba fit she's throwing her peanut butter and ketchup sandwich now which is even grosser i mean peanut butter and ketchup i can't even imagine eating that okay i'll get over that now okay let's move on <laughs> okay let's go uh, and uh okay percy's on probation but what about Nancy? I mean, she seems like the bully, and she seems like she bullies everyone. So why doesn't she get in trouble? I don't get that. Mr. Planner, do something about it. Come on. Uh, so Mr. Planner, he led the tour. And they go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art to look at Greek and Roman stuff. And Percy describes this as boring, but I guess since I've read these PJO books, I've... I've had a lot of uh, influence and um, started to like Greek mythology more, you know, because of these books. So I guess uh, Percy saying this is uh, boring isn't boring for me now. I love Greek mythology. Uh, yeah, and then we get introduced to Mr. Dot, Mr. Dots. Oh my God, Mrs. Dots. Sorry. <laughs> She's this little maths teacher from Georgia who always wore a black leather jacket. And that is, I mean, I guess everyone can picture Mrs. Dodds now. A maths teacher from Georgia who wore a leather jacket. Wow, okay, that's, that's a great description. Uh, oh yeah, oh my god, I forgot about Grover. He's our second most important character. Grover is paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, he has a note excusing him from P.E. for the rest of his life. Uh, yeah, there's something up with Grover. He's definitely not paralyzed because he can he can run when there are enchiladas. And I get that. Enchiladas are great. So uh, Mrs. Dodds, uh, 
Yeah, I had a question about this. Uh, Mr. Dodds always says, now honey. Right? So is that a New York thing or a Texas thing? I'm not sure. I lived in Texas for like six years, so... Uh, I mean, I, I've never heard anyone say that, but I guess that could be a Texas thing. If anyone's from Texas, you can let me know. Or, I don't think it's a New York thing, right? Not sure. Uh, and Grover has the worst poker face ever. Like, Percy says, Mr. Mrs. Dawes isn't human. He's like, yeah, she isn't. And you're like, I'm like, what? Grover... Be careful. You're not going to tell Percy that she's not human, are you? Be careful. I mean, we don't know if she's human or not, right? Oh, God. Now, I must not spoil you guys. I keep forgetting. I must not spoil anyway, anything. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, Mr. Bunner puts Percy on the spot. Uh, he asks him about Kronos and uh, the gods, what happened to them. And uh, Percy is a smart kid. I think you see here that he remembers most of what he's taught, even though he has ADHD. I mean, I wouldn't be able to remember that stuff. But he does remember most of it. He gets the facts right. And then Mr. Bunner's a little disappointed. I was like... I mean, you got to give him credit, Mr. Bunner. He actually answered the question. So, the actual story is Zeus fed Kronos a mixture of mustard and wine, which made him disgorge his other five children, who, of course, being immortal gods, had been living and growing up completely undigested in the Titan's stomach. The gods defeated their father, sliced him to pieces with his own scythe, and scattered his remains in Tartarus, the darkest part of the underworld. Wow. I mean, I think I, I didn't know about this story before I read this book. I knew the facts, like I knew Kronos was like the King Titan and uh, Zeus was the King of the Gods. I definitely knew that, but I didn't know the story about the wine and the mustard and the disgorging and oh my god, okay. <laughs> Uh, so they go on the lunch break outside. And, uh, yeah, before we get to that, I think uh, Mr. Brunner was kind to Percy. Uh, Mr. Brunner is a good teacher. You can definitely see this. I mean, he he has high ex expectations for Percy. We can see that. Uh, and Percy doesn't think he's good enough for Mr. Brunner. Mr. Brunner always expects him to be better. Uh, so we can we can really see like this relationship between teacher and student that um, That is a real relationship right teachers some teachers do expect a lot from you and some teachers Just don't care. That's that's a different story but uh, mr. Brunner is a good teacher like he uh, um, I mean after Percy answers the question he gets a little disappointed. That's true but that's because he expects more from him. Um, I think then he takes him aside and uh, and he tells he tells him that he must learn the answer to his question. So about about the Titans, Percy asks. Percy asks him like about the Titans or like what? It's like about real life. 
and uh, I think you can you notice something's wrong here like what what is Mr. Gunner saying like what are what do Titans have to do with the real life like Percy's real life okay and Percy after that Percy notices a storm brewing outside so there's something definitely something wrong thunders rumbling and all the people in his class are being dicks and uh, oh yeah this uh, by the way this is an explicit podcast so I'm gonna swear on this off the hook off the chain and then after that Nancy approaches Percy she dumps her lunch at Grover's feet and then Percy gets really angry and he pushes her or does he and because the people say the water pushed her hmm. water Percy water Percy connection hmm? might be it's like the kids whispered did you see the water like it grabbed her Percy's like what are you talking about and Mrs. Dawes just materialized next to him oh wow materialized like that the use of that word like you know um it's like i uh, i think in this chapter we do find out that mrs dodds isn't human she's something else a creature of some sorts and uh using that word materialized right it it does provide you a sense of uh like something's not right you know like uh it's because no human can materialize next to you right they can show up next to you that's that's a way to describe someone coming up next to you like showing up materialized it's very interesting description so so Percy follows Mrs. Dodds into the museum and he thinks like okay she's gonna make me buy a shirt or something for Nancy but no I guess not and then she turns into she turns into a leathery a bat with leathery wings and a mouthful of yellow fangs her eyes glowing like barbecue coals again that description barbecue coals oh my god that's it's a really it's a really amazing description like there's someone to describe describe eyes like that it's wow it's really captivating and then the weirdest some crazy shit happens she turns into a bat with leathery wings and then she lunges for him and the person and then mr bunner comes in with a pen that transforms into a sword so much is going on what is happening and the percy swings the sword at mrs dodds and she vaporizes and then he's just standing there with a pen in his hand and no one's there around him wow i mean that's a lot of stuff to happen in like a half a page mr bunner wasn't there nobody was there nobody was there but me oh my god and then he's like oh my god some did someone spike someone spike my lunch with magic mushrooms or something oh my god that's what you would that's what you would feel like you know someone spiked it he's like questioning he's questioning his, himself like 
did he imagine the whole thing? Uh, he goes outside and uh, Mr. Bunner, Mr. Bunner asks him for his pen back and uh, he asks him about Mr. Mrs. Dodds. Mr. Dodds, oh my god, I keep saying Mr. Dodds. It's Mrs. Dodds. Mrs. Dodds, yeah. He asks him about Mrs. Dodds. And Mr. Bunner's like, who? And Percy's like, what? Mr. Bunner's like, who? There's no Mrs. Dodds here. And the chapter ends. Oh my god. A page turner. You're like, what the hell is happening? Where's Mrs. Dodds? She was right there. Why is she gone? Why is she vaporized? Who's Mrs. Kerr? Why is Mr. Bunner lying to him? Right? Because you know that he knows. And uh, I guess Nancy, you could see, you could, like, it feels like everyone's lying to him. Right? Right now. And it just makes you turn the page. So, thoughts on the chapter. Uh, this first chapter is really good. I really like this chapter. We get introduced to Percy and... Um, you, yeah, we get introduced to most of the main characters. You see a Mr. Brunner, you see a Miss, uh, Mr. Glover. Glover and you see Nancy Boba Fett and some Mrs. Dodds. Uh, and I think it's it's a really good chapter. It's a really good introductory chapter. You know, you you get that there's a lot wrong with everything going on. Like uh, with Percy's life, you see his troubles and then you see why he doesn't like going on field trips. He gives you examples like um, something always Something bad always happens to him on field trips. And that is that is something that most people can relate to, but not all people, but most people. You can relate to a 12-year-old making mistakes on a field trip, but you can't relate to being expelled out of every school that you go to. And that is, um, that is a lot of weight for a 12-year-old. Like if you're being expelled from every school you go to, and then you have to change schools every single year, that's a lot of work, and uh, yeah, you you see his struggles. You see Percy as a character struggling. We were introduced to a lot of diversity in this one chapter. Like you have ADHD, you have a character with ADHD. You have a character with a, a disorder, a muscle disorder. You have a character in a wheelchair. You have so many, uh, so many diverse people, and they all feel real. You know, they all feel like they're. They're really there. They're really interacting with Percy. Even though this is all fiction, right? But this, this whole, this is all real to us, right? When we're reading it. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first chapter. Um, that was my thoughts on the first chapter. Now let's move on to the second. So let's get into the next chapter, chapter two. Three old ladies knit the socks of death, and oh my God. The chapter titles. Are we going to talk about the chapter titles or not? The first chapter was I accidentally vaporized my maths teacher. It's like, wow. Chapter titles are amazing in this series. Like, seriously. And they just get better over time. So this one is three old ladies, three old ladies knit the socks of death. So in this chapter, we start with Percy having 24-hour hallucinations. 
Uh, he says that because of his ADHD, he's experienced this before. It's not uncommon to him, but 24 hours a day, it's it's different, you know, having a hallucination for that long. And it seems that everyone in Yancey has forgotten about Mrs. Dodds. She just suddenly vanished off the face of the earth. And Mrs. Kerr, a teacher Percy didn't even know about till now, has like replaced her. And so it's weird. And uh, he almost believed it. He almost believed this. But whenever he asks Grover, he always slips up. He always hesitates. And this is another instance of Grover not being able to keep a straight face. So obviously, Percy suspects that something is wrong. And uh, he realizes that whatever happened to him at the Metropolitan Museum really did happen. Uh, yeah, so because of that little fiasco at the Metropolitan Museum, Percy is now expelled, and he will not be returning to Yancey for another year. Uh, Percy's like, good riddance, I don't want to come back to this school. Uh, it's, it's really tiring for him, and I understand why. Uh, poor guy gets picked on wherever he goes, and it's not even his fault. He didn't do anything. So, uh, I mean... I guess he says that he'll miss some things, he'll miss Grover, he'll miss the woods, um, yeah, the smell of pine trees and everything, but he's excited to go back to the Upper East Side and uh, meet his mom and even tolerate his stepdad. I guess we're not introduced to his stepdad yet, but he seems like a really bad guy. Even with the two-line description of him, he has to put up with his obnoxious stepfather and his stupid poker parties. parties. Yeah, and uh, he's just worried about Grover, and that shows you like he's a good friend. He he really thinks Grover is uh, help not helpless without him. Like he really worries about Grover, and that that shows their friendship, right? And he's gonna miss Grover a lot. And as his exams got closer, he says that Latin is the only subject he studied. But even that was hard for him because of his ADHD. Letters flying all over the pages. And I'm not sure if that really happens in ADHD. Like, is that description really uh, specific? Uh, correct, I mean. So if anyone has, like, ADHD, if anyone has uh, siblings or... Uh, parents that have ADHD, you can just let me know. Like, I'm not sure if that's really real. The description of, I think Rick describes it as uh, letters doing 180s as if they were riding skateboards and words swimming off the page. So, I'm not sure, because I don't have ADHD. Uh, yeah, and the Percy's thinking about what Mr. Brunner said to him at the Metropolitan Museum. Uh, he always accepts the best from Percy. And that weighs a lot on a 12-year-old kid, right? When you're, 12 year olds, when you're 12 years old, you don't have many ambitions. You just do stuff, right? A 12-year-old doesn't have many ambitions or dreams, but 
your teacher holds you up to like a standard that you can't compete with of course you'll be thinking about that and how to impress your teacher even more uh yeah and then percy does a brave thing in my opinion he picks up the mythology book and he he's going to go to ask mr bunner for help and that's brave like admitting that you need help um that's something that not many people can do right you know you can't just admit that admit defeat and sometimes admitting defeat is the right thing because you can't win all all the time right so he goes to mr bunner but but before before he opens the door to his office he overhears grover and mr bunner talking about him and he's like i dare you not to uh i dare you to try not listening if you hear your best friend talking about you to an adult and yeah percy's right i mean we can't we can't stop ourselves right if someone's talking about us and and i mean i don't overhear many people talking about me uh, but uh, i guess if i did i would want to uh listen in right and uh grover seems worried and uh he's telling he's telling uh mr brunner about a kindly one who might that be uh s- someone bad i mean it seems like that the uh, grover's attitude and uh grover's tone of voice suggests that uh, grover's talking about he's failed his duties or something so i guess grover's sent to protect percy but from what hmm. we'll find out and they're talking about a deadline of some sorts a summer solstice deadline and uh mr brunner says something to the fact that they need to keep percy alive until next autumn and that's that must be just crazy right like forget forget uh, your friend uh, talking to you uh talking about you to an adult right but if you if you hear that adults say that they need to keep you alive till next autumn it's like oh my god what is going on if you're percy in that situation you're like oh my god what the hell is going on so he drops the mythology book percy drops the mythology book and true i mean r- a uh, justified reaction it makes a thud and mr brunner goes silent and then percy sees a shadow that is definitely not mr brunner it looks like a shadow of something much taller than mr brunner holding an archer's bow oh my god what is that who is that is that mr brunner hmm so many questions so many questions uh so after a while grover leaves and percy after waiting for a while uh, checking if the coast is clear he leaves for his dorm too when he arrives he sees grover there sitting like nothing's ever happened uh so he realizes that grover and brunner were talking about him behind his back so now he knows that something's up so the next day he completes his latin exam and after that mr brunner calls uh mr bunner asks to talk to him and uh, this conversation is a little weird 
He's like, you're not normal. Mr. Butter, come on. There's got to be a better way to tell Percy that he's not normal. I mean, it's almost insulting, but I, I guess Mr. Bunner has his best, has the best for Percy in his mind. Uh, he fails dramatically, but I think uh, he says, I'm trying to say, you're not normal, Percy. That's nothing to be, and Percy's like, thanks, sir. Thanks a lot for telling me something I already know. I have ADHD, I'm not normal, okay. It's like, oh my god. And Mr. Brunner's like, no. Please let me explain, but Percy's like, I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, so on the last day of term, he sees all of his schoolmates packing up and uh, leaving for expensive vacations, but he'll just be heading He'll just be heading back to the city. He describes them as delinquents, but they were rich juvenile delinquents. So I guess their parents are rich, so they can take them anywhere they want. And he's he's worried that he won't see Grover again, but fortunately Grover is coming into the city with him. So they jump on a greyhound, and uh, and then. Uh, Grover's feeling like uh, Grover's feeling really nervous. He's looking around, and Percy realizes that always happens when they leave Nancy. Like Grover always feels nervous. Nancy, sorry, Yancey Academy. Grover always feels nervous when they're not at Yancey Academy. Uh, Percy finds that weird, and he's like, "Okay, let me just spill the beans." He's like, "You're looking for kindly ones, Grover." And Grover's like, "Oh my God, how much did you hear?" And Percy's like, yeah, eavesdrop on you. What's the summer solstice? And Grover's like, oh my god, oh my god. You heard everything. Damn. Um, uh, Grover's tr Grover tries to cover it up, but he knows, uh, Percy knows that he's not going to fall for it now. He's like, oh my god, I thought you were stressed, and I was going to tell Mr. Bunner because there's no Mrs. Dodds. And Percy's like, wait, I know there's a Mrs. Dodds. You're lying. <laughs> He's like, Grover, you're a really, really bad liar. And then Grover gives him Percy a card. The card reads, Grover Underwood Keeper, Half-Blood Hill, Long Island, New York. Huh. So, I guess, uh, I guess Grover has an address that Percy can go to if he needs any help. And Percy's like, why would I need any help? Come on, Percy. Come on. Be a little bit more kind to your friend who's giving you his address, so he you can help. He can help you. Come on, be be kinder to him. Come on. Um, and uh, Grover's uh, Grover tells him that he's he's his protector, and uh, it's his duty to protect him. And Percy's like, what? All year I've been protecting you from bullies. Like, why? How? How are you protecting me? And then he's like, what exactly are you protecting me from? And then the bus breaks down. They all get out of the bus. And uh, I guess we're introduced to the reason that our title is named, our chapter is named, Three Old Ladies Lit the Socks of Death. We are introduced to the three old ladies. He sees them across the highway, Percy. 
they're weaving what seems to be electric blue yarn um, and they're weaving knitting socks and uh, these socks were the size of the size of sweaters and Percy's like uh, those socks fit me and Grover's like oh my god this is not a joke this is serious <laughs> Grover's freaking out and then Percy sees one of them pull out scissors a gold and silver long-bladed like shears and then he swears he heard her snip the cord and Grover's like get in the bus oh my god get in the bus he's like freaking out freaking out oh my god what's happening Percy's like what are you freaking out about they're just cutting some yarn and Grover's like did you see them cut the yarn were they looking at you Percy's like yeah they cut the yarn Grover's like oh my god no no He's like hyperventilating, no? He's like, always sixth grade. They never get past sixth. And Percy's like, what? They never get past sixth? What What are you talking about? Grover's like, you saw them cut the yarn, right? And Percy's like, yeah, I did. And Percy's like, does that mean someone's going to die? Somebody's going to die. Oh, my God. Snipping the yarn, yeah, symbolic for a death. I guess that's predicting something. Will Percy die? Who knows? Uh, and then the chapter ends with Grover looking mournfully at Percy. Uh, so this uh, this is a great follow-up chapter. Like it introduces us to the world more, and uh, I think in this chapter we definitely suspect that something's up, right? we understand that uh, Grover uh, Grover cannot be telling the truth about Mrs. Dodds he's definitely lying there was a Mrs. Dodds and there are kindly ones and there are three old ladies with electric blue yarn and they're knitting the socks knitting socks the sizes of sweaters it's like so much shit is happening in this chapter but we get past it a little quickly uh, yeah, I think everything happens quickly in this chapter like the first chapter took a little bit of time to get set up and everything but I think I think it's okay that everything goes by a little quickly uh, yeah so I guess that's the end of this chapter and uh, that's the end of this episode of Half Bloods and Happy Meals I hope you guys enjoyed this episode I'm recording this on my bed on my iPad so the audio quality might be shit or it might be okay I don't know uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed my thoughts on uh, these two chapters and uh, I guess the episode will be about 40 30 minutes long uh, I'm gonna try to keep it keep the episode short um, I might have guests on in the future who knows but uh, I really hope I can keep doing this for as long as possible because uh, these books are really close to my heart and uh, they've really inspired me. Like They have inspired me to start writing. I am a short story writer if I don't know. Oh and yeah, I forgot to tell you my name. My name is Manome. Uh, I'm from India. And uh, yeah, so I'll... Uh, the the podcast might be up in two or three days and 
after that i will let you guys know about the schedule uh, right now the podcast is up on spotify and anchor i am trying to get it up on all the other platforms too so i'll let you know when that happens and uh, this episode will be up uh, in a while i have to just edit everything i have to uh, make everything uh, sound right i have to see if there's any disturbances if you hear like cars passing by or anything just ignore that for today's episode i'll find a better place to record next time um because i really wanted to get this episode out there with my thoughts uh and uh this is actually the longest time that i have talked to myself because i i can't usually talk to myself like this so um we will meet next time until then See ya.